are elite. For everything you need to know about Mercedes Monet's AEW debut, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. The backlash is upon us. That can only mean one thing. It's time to put our malleable minds together to make some memories on the booking sheet. It's nine pitches for WWE Backlash 2023. I know a lot of the uh, usual suspects aren't here to play with us today, but we'll make do and mend as we go. We do still have uh, the the king of the pitch, uh, Andrew Hodkinson, with oh, us. You can't you can't put that on me there, Tom. The, the, the war the war and peace of the pitch. The war, the war and peace of yeah. the pitch. Hey, yeah, yeah, just yeah, yeah. Pages. There's not that many. Just count how many pages. There's not that. It's double sided though. All right, everyone's. <laughs> uh, you have myself, Tom Campbell, and also. The spirit of Ross Tweddle yep. via Fraser Porter. I'm a vessel. I'm a conduit. You are him. a conduit. He, I, at some point, he will just take over this body and control the pitches of today. Oh. So Ross is unwell and unable to be here today. However, he has painstakingly written uh, his pitches for this. Yes. Which you will be delivering. I'll deliver it in my best. Uh, I'll try and live up to the high pressure that uh, Ross has put on me for these pitches. We won't, all, I don't know. Now, we we never know what our pitches are. That's part of the joy. But what I do know, what you said about yours is, yours comes with stage directions. I have, there is some like <laughs> little stage directions and little things um, that I'm going to try and and portray. Oh. Uh, so, yeah, look forward to that. Well, I'm excited. We're going to find out in just a second as we give you nine pitches of not what's going to happen, but one, two, three... It's what we want to happen. You did it! You did it! You did it! You did it on time. Don't tell, don't tell Jack. I don't tell, don't tell Jack. I, I was really worried that he wouldn't do it with us, and then at some point he would do it later. Or, well, there comes know. a time in every man's life where you have to do. Or he'd just do it like halfway through a sentence at the start. <laughs> where he's like, "Welcome, it's what we want." It, you know. I mean, I mean, normally I can be in a, a chaos where I'm sat where you're either quite, you two are. But it's, yeah, it's one of the. I've got to be mother this week. I don't know. So I feel can like I be mother? There could still be a chance for us. Don't don't. Put it past him. Yeah. <laughs> we will see how it goes. Pitch number one uh, is from Ross Fire Fraser Porter. So, so Ross has given me a little bit beforehand. So I'll read this little precursor to what he's told me his you know his personal message to me, and then I'll jump into the first pitch. He said, "Ross is watching Fraser. He might have tonsils that are currently the size of the Mizzy's throbbing, massive, meaty clackers, but that doesn't mean his eyes and ears have stopped working." Yet, Ross writing in the third person because he's an absolute whopper knows like the theater like that I like theater and stuff. So I better give a performance of a lifetime here, befitting of a semi lead role on Broadway's or the Shakespeare's Globes of this world. Sing until the cows come home, dear boy. I believe in you. So there's obviously no a bit of pressure. No pressure. Oh, no, right, pressure no, no pressure. No pressure at all. all. So we'll jump into pitch one. <clears throat> 
We bring back the effing Backlash Blades. That's how we start. <laughs> yes! we, we bring back the hooks for the entranceway. Uh, finally, what the you know what what have they been doing since uh, they brought premium live events back? It's, it, they need the hooks. It's all the same sets. Uh, so he wants them brought back. That's a directive from Ross here. But Cody Rhodes arrives for his match against Brock Lesnar by appearing in the crowd with a hop, skip, and an almighty jump, leaps from the terraces and lands on one of the aforementioned hooks and swings his way down to the arena floor like a patriotic goose landing on a very American pond. Now, I'm going to be honest, I've not actually proofread this first bit. <laughs> so I, I'm going to blind, blind in at this one too. Uh, he says, I'd like to think he times the leap with a portion of his theme, the bit that goes, whoa, you know, that little bit, mm. which would then replace with a wee as he flies through the air with his big silly coat flapping in the wind. Eagle-eyed fans, though, will see with their own eyes upon Cody's cocaine white boots touching down on the floor that he is indeed wearing a hat. But not just any hat, guys. It's a cowboy hat because Cody Rhodes is the son of the American dream, Dusty Rhodes, and he has a cowboy hat too. Mm. You see, there's a little... Did you know that he's the son? I had heard that rumor, but he doesn't like talking about it. He doesn't like mentioning it. It's a little low-key thing. Don't like to talk about it. Doesn't like to talk about it. Um, He says, I assume with the tightness on the forehead, especially uh, on the forehead, especially would have made Dream feel more secure and safe from his literal brains falling out of the massive blade gashes on his forehead that he accumulated over the years. Uh, Ever the showman, Cody gets into the ring and tells that no good Brock Lesnar tells that no good Brock Lesnar to stand down. There is a reason for this because as Cody takes off his sexy Statson, we see that his hair has changed color and it's now back to being dark brown it means business now those of us that knows what that means knows what this means what it says those of us who don't will strap yourselves in because this match is going to be wild lord nelson's trousers it's a yeti (laughs) (laughs) yep Cody cut this promo on this week's Raw where he said that if he didn't beat Brock Lesnar at Backlash and after his loss to Roman Reigns at WrestleMania, then this whole finish the story bollocks would just be that. So I'm pitching that Cody goes, or Ross is pitching, that Cody goes out and wins this match by any means necessary. And we know he's going to do this because he's been to the hairdressers. The new hair color means he's evil or maybe just not as pure and American as he normally is. We're not quite sure on that one. So Cody cheats to win behind the referee's back and shows a side to his character that we haven't seen since he came back. He says, Ross says he'd like to see him do something brutal with a weapon too, maybe skewering, uh, maybe sticking a screwdriver in Lesnar's head to show those elite chumps who the real big dog is. Uh, okay, maybe that's, that's a bit petty, he says. Uh, but I want to see something that Cody that would have happened in the ring this part of the world back in the day involving Carlito's daddy and Richard Flair. <laughs> Uh, Cody's been uh, too squeaky clean since he returned to WWE so adding this new layer after what happened at Wrestlemania and after Brock had the cheek the nerve the gall the audacity the gumption the gumption yeah Yeah, the gumption to pretend to be a cowboy something that wouldn't go amiss for me Jeff says Ross Uh, he would (laughs) he he must not lose so he can keep the story going and ensure that that does actually happen even though we know he's fine well that the story is never going to end thanks Triple H is there any real point to this I hate Triple H for saying that prick (laughs) <laughs> thanks guys so that was pitch one from Ross wow. uh, so t- TLDR uh, Cody wins from cheating right mm. so Cody dyes his hair dyes which, his, yeah. which is evil it's like Venom in the symbiote that's yeah, not part of Ross's right. pitch but I'm adding it in Marvel he'll love that he loves, he will, his, Marvel. He loves his Marvel superheroes Cody's brown hair is symbiotic uh, brown haired Cody cheats to beat Brock 
I think I'm I'm actually going to give it a yes because Brock Lesnar is like a final boss within WWE. And if Cody beats him clean, then I feel like, well, then like he's already basically done it. He is then going on to go and maybe defeat Roman Reigns for the titles. Like what what is next for Cody Rhodes? Like because it feels almost like a step down after he beats Brock Lesnar a little bit there. So if he beats Brock Lesnar clean as a whistle, done and dusted, then that's it. But if he does it by any means necessary, if we Mm. give him a little bit of something else to his character, because I feel like if you just go down, if you give him the brown hair, (laughs) if you if you kind of just give uh, Cody, the squeaky clean, pure American feel. Uh, sorry, American viewers. <laughs> there. Uh, then like it, it feels like it just loses a bit of substance. It, it wears thin a little bit, maybe because we've seen it for for so long. Especially those who watched AEW as well. I guess maybe mm. it's not too bad if you've got WWE. Uh, mm. You know, fans that 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 haven't seen what he's done in AEW, maybe. Yeah, and it's okay for him to come back and act as this this pure babyface, but just to add a little bit of something, something, a little bit, a little spice, mm-hmm. as Ross likes to little say, a little, a little brother spice. <laughs> um, I, I, I think one was it be... from Aquatine Hunger Force. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah, it'd be really sick. nice to see. Uh, so it's a yeah, it's a yes from me, Ross Come slash on. Fraser Come slash on. the Force Girls of Ross. Yes. yes. Yeah, I'm gonna shout yes as well. I love the idea of like a new look, which equals danger. I was there danger. in 2000 when Mick Foley, as Mankind, walked towards Smack- the ring on SmackDown and went, uh, "You're not fighting me at the Royal Rumble, but I think you know the guy." And takes off and it's mm, Cactus Jack underneath. And Triple H sold it like it was like the devil returned. So I like the idea of having a look that changes the demeanor. Like the demon. Mm. Yeah, like a like Demon Balor, but with more hair. Go to the bar product. Yeah, Demon Balor, but with broader. Just for men. De- <laughs> demon Rhodes, but with just for men. Imagine that's it. Imagine, because like Mankind's obviously, he can do the reveal. Like Mick Foley can do the reveal. Cody's just like, I just wait. And then he's just putting just for men in his white yeah. hair, just like in the middle of the ring. Oh, I've got it on canvas now, bloody hell. <laughs> uh, yeah, double yeses. The American slash Night Fraser. Hair. Yes, the American Night Hair. Night hair. That's yeah. very good. Thank you. That's like very, it. very I good. Like it. Um, well, whoa, I don't know if I can top this one. That was it, phenomenal. Ross has been on form recently. Um, so I'm going to head on over to the US title match first between Austin Theory, Bobby Lashley, and Bronson Reed. So Austin Theory is the tiny, thin slice of Billy Bear ham sandwiched between <laughs> the two thick end pieces of loaf that are Bronson Reed and Bobby Lashley, meaning that Theory isn't necessarily insignificant in his placement of this match. He's the US champion after all, but it feels like the main attraction, at least for me, is seeing the two big boys slap that meat or, or slap the big crusty bread, as I've described them as that. <laughs> slap that big crusty brood. <laughs> slap that oh, big yeah. crusty bread. Uh, and that's basically what we get in this match. Bobby and Bronson can't wait to leather one another as everything that's happened between the two over the last few weeks comes to boiling point. Theory being the devilishly opportunistic boy that he is, rolls out of the squared circle as soon as the bell rings, knowing that these two big old Godzillas are gonna go to war. So, with no doubt, uh, no down count, what? No countdown, no <laughs> count outs or DQs. Yow, 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 we'll get there. With no count outs or DQs, the brawl between the two big lads spills out of the ring and all around the arena. We get the uh, obligatory spear through the barricade from Lashley on Bronson, but Bronson later retaliates with a yo! 
Don't Tsunami Splash off the top. Tsunami. Off the top turnbuckle to Bobby, who's sprawled out over the announcer's table. It's that big. Ooh, ripples. Whoa. Ripples through the crowd. <laughs> These two behemoths wear each other down considerably. There's almost nothing left in the tank for either of them as Austin Theory watches on with pure glee, waiting for his moment to roll one of them in the ring and pick up that easy victory. And that's precisely what the United States champion does. Following the immense tsunami splash Bronson delivered to Bobby, Theory goes to move an exhausted Reed into the ring, looking to capitalize. After initial struggle, though, to get the hefty beef joint up to his feet, Theory rolls Reed into the ring, hoys him up, and does a colossal A-town down. Austin goes for the cover. Uno, dos, no! Bloody hellfire. Bobby's recovered. It's taken Austin too long to roll oh. Reed into the ring. Bobby's back. He's recovered. He literally picks Theory clean off Bronson mid-pin to apply the hurt lock. And with Reed down and the hurt lock cinched in, there's nowhere for Austin Theory to go. He rises, he twists and contorts, trying to find any way out of Bobby's grasp. But he's, as he begins to fade... Uh, oh, sorry. As he begins to... I'll get there eventually. I'll read my own <laughs> yeah, I believe in you. Bobby, moments away from being crowned the new, the new United States champion, locks the move in deeper with no sign of letting up. And now... This is where I might take you out of it for a bit, right? Okay. We're gonna set this. We're gonna set the pitch up for the sake of how this next part of the pitch works. The camera, right, is positioned around the bottom of the right turnbuckle. So, like the bottom right turnbuckle. So, yeah. it's sort of like you know, is the crowd looking on this mm, way? Yeah. We've got the bottom right turnbuckle, and we see Bobby and Austin in the ring, but we get a clear shot of the entrance set and the Titantron. So, with Bobby on the verge of victory, we suddenly begin to see the Titantron. It starts flickering, mm. right? Hey, don't worry though; it's nothing major okay. or or pre rendered there's nothing like that all right it's just a mere technical glitch or so we believe mm -hmm. before we see a little flat like between these technical glitches we see like little flashes there's like a there's some words pop up it Ooh. says miss me with a question mark on it Ooh. and it like flickers it's almost like subliminal messaging right it pops up goes away however like the flick the flickers become more intense right the words miss me are then replaced with a more definitive forget me and a giant red circle is plastered right in the middle of this forget me signifying that everyone has willingly done so we've all forgotten this man or we wish to forget this man as all of this happens the camera angle changes once again now we're tightly closed in on lashley and theory's faces before another figure slowly reveals himself over the shoulder of the almighty it's pray wyatt he hath, he doth return. He grabs Lashley, who loosens his grip on the US champion, kisses him on the forehead, oh. and hits a vicious Sister Abigail before sliding out of the ring and allowing Austin Theory to pick up the scraps to retain his United States title. Whoa. There's no real pomp. Whoa. There's no real spooky shenanigans. No light dimming. Bray is back, and he's ready to make a statement on SmackDown. Yes, I just said we get the flicking on the Titantron yes. thing, but it's not the spooky it's not like the oh oh spooky and that it's not yeah, that yeah. it's kind of just little subliminal messaging kind of like did we just see something there or not or not uh, like it's not as obvious as what yeah. as what we might think with bray wyatt i want to see bray wyatt come back and instead of doing all the spooky stuff i want him just to get straight in there i want him to get nice. straight in there i want him to start fighting i want him to start having matches i want him to almost be like look you wanted me back. I was so happy. You were also happy to see me back. And then you turned on me like that. Yeah, just turned on me like that when it wasn't working for me. So guess what? I'm here now. And you've gone and done yourselves bad because I'm here now. Uh, and then we can have Bobby and, and Bray 
do the thing that they were supposed to do at WrestleMania. Nah. Nice. We'll get back to it. I like the sound of that. Yeah. I, I really liked your, your match as well. I think the spots that you described in the match were perfect. With it, tsunami, the tsunami splash. The picking them all up, up off oh, the pitch. Yeah, 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 yeah. Great. Excited. If this was to happen, I'd be more excited about Bray than if he did come back and do all the spooky bollocks. Mm. Having it where it is, as you said, just subliminal. Just little. You know, oh. like, he, like he's a little bit of a hacker. You know, yeah. Yeah. Oh no! Yeah. Retribution. <laughs> he was a SmackDown hacker. Um, just something like that works better for me than the spooky, spooky crap. So yeah, mm. I'm, I'm gonna say a yes. Oh like wow, it. thank you. Yeah, it's a yes from me. It's yeah. a chance to sort of reinvigorate Bray, uh, but but get us back into mm. his, the thing that he'd started with Bobby. Let's put like a finishing touch on yeah. that. And uh, and it, it brings it back in quite nicely. Uh, would you want to see? I mean, because the the in the conversation in the real world is like when he comes back. Is it like a hard reset of Bray, or is it a soft reset? Are, well, is it in there with Bobby? But are we having Uncle Howdy? Are we having? See, that's the th that's the thing. That's the, there's there's been all this build up to it. I f I feel like yes, we we want the sort of resolve to everything that we've been teased for the longest time. Mm. But I think the problem is, will it live up to what we've all sort of wanted it to be in our in our heads so maybe a soft reset maybe him acknowledging that like look all of that before you it didn't it didn't work it didn't work <laughs> and and this is what you wanted so i'm giving it to you now but look guess what this is not this is not the thing that that i wanted to let out of myself because now yeah. it's even worse i'm gonna kill you i'm gonna kill you that's what he says like, that's exactly how he talks you see absolutely i'm gonna kill you i'm gonna kill you <laughs> Uh, it's a yes, double yeses. Thank you, Thank you very well much. Done. Yes is all round, right, uh, for the uh, approval of the Midnight Society, my first pitch. Right, it's for Seth Rollins versus Omos. Mm. Big boy. Omos heads to the rig to fight Seth Rollins. He's a big lad, mm. etc. cetera. <laughs> uh, Seth Rollins' music hits. He strolls to the ring in a large flowing red coat, singing along to the music. His dancing's a bit off tonight. He's sort of swaying a bit more than normal but Ooh, people wow. love him anyway yeah, yeah, yes of, of course. course he gets into the ring just about and the commentators suddenly make a realization that we all do wow seth rollins is actually as tall as omos i oh, presume what? he must have just been far away before <laughs> seth takes the microphone that's right omos i am well tall i was just far <laughs> away before so let's have this fight <laughs> Oh, oh, but just a heads up, it's quite cold in this arena, so I'm going to keep my coat on. <laughs> Makes sense. So it's Seth versus Omos. Uh, they stare each other eye to eye on the level, and they start their strikes. A few times, Seth gets quite animated, and he's got quite an unusual strategy, because he kind of talks himself through the strategy. He's like, oh, yeah, that punch hurt you, didn't it, Omos? Oh, yeah, I'm going to... He's going to lean back and just take a few steps back and punch you again, Omos. <laughs> there we go. Oh, that one hurt me. I guess I better walk over to the top left corner and, and recover for a minute. The top left corner for a minute. Oh, there you go. Now I'm going to run full speed at you, Omos, and hit you with a clothesline. A bit to the left. To the clothesline. Yeah! Yeah! <laughs> oh, oh, it's going really well. It's an even but confusing 20-minute fight, which ends with Seth landing a very awkward curb stomp onto Omos. Getting the three on the giant, or the regular size, mm, don't Regular size. I know, right? Post-match, post MVP is livid. How did a slightly chilly Seth Rollins beat my giant, Omos? And Seth is like, well, better luck next time. Now I'm going to leave. I'm just going to walk towards the ropes here. There we go. Left foot. 
Right, walking, there we go. I'm moving towards the ropes. But Omos is like, wait there, Seth. Respect is earned, and you've earned mine tonight. Put his hand on Seth's shoulder. But in doing so, uh, he accidentally pulls off Seth's <gasps> coat to reveal... Seth isn't really tall at all. What? He is standing on the shoulders of Dean Ambrose. What are you doing here? The shield are back together. And that's how Moxley returns to a to WWE. <laughs> it was all a work the entire time, him going to the other company. It was a work all the time that Seth was tall. Oh, oh of course. He wasn't course. tall after he all. Wasn't tall he was after he wasn't all. far away. He gaslit us. That's the main thing uh, we're taking away yeah, from this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tall after of course, all. Of course. That was a world you know roller coaster of a pitch that. Oh, I tell you what, I, I think Seth felt. I've, well <laughs> you know I, I I would say no because it's not what I want to happen, but it's a yes because I need it to happen. <laughs> yes. Almost imagine being smaller than Seth. Like, yeah. Regular yeah, size. It's, it's incredible. As long as like Seth can still hit a Phoenix splash in the match. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're just gonna go up to the top, top right now. What's the, what, put, I'm just gonna put my foot here. Yeah. Put your put my foot there. Yeah, of course, yeah. of course. And after three, one, two. Well, well, it, uh, Tom, Tom, right? Yes. Yes, Andrew. Oh, yes, Andrew. We like to be serious. Uh, we, we are. Do you know what? People series. love it when we do the, just the serious pitch. We love it to be serious. What we do from now on. In, the, in, the, in this video series, and that's why I'm giving it uh, an absolutely resounding yes. <laughs> uh, because, first of all, I was swerved because I thought it was going to be stilts. And I yeah. was like, oh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to end up in being in stilts. Oh, Dean Ambrose. But I never tied it together that you were like, no, he's obviously coordinating what he's doing. So then Dean Ambrose, not John Moxley, who's no, John Moxley? Uh, Dean Ambrose. Yeah, Dean Ambrose. get himself in position properly. It's uh, it's I definitely wouldn't have thought of it. Former teammates. In, in yeah. my they know each other well. whole entire life. So No, it's not one that would have sprung to my mind this morning. No. Amazing. Thank you very much. So is, it, so is it, of course it's a yes. So all yeses for the first round wow. of the pitches. Let's go to round two and let's go back to Fraser via Ross via Fraser. Yeah, Ross is back with this one. Pitch number two. The lights are off in the arena. The flashes from the camera phones reveal men in balaclavas headed to the ring with musical instruments. One balaclavaed man is seen carrying an entire drum kit under his arms in the most impressive thing we've seen since Shane McMahon tore his quads at WrestleMania. <laughs> Lol. LMAO. Ruffle. Uh, after a few moments of silence, we hear on the sound system and now Ross has asked me to stage directions here. Highest pitch you can possibly do for Fraser, so I'll step back from the microphone just a little bit. Oh, heavy! Um, and then, <laughs> what? here's a, okay, here's, I, I'm sorry if I offend anyone with this accent. You like, it's poppy, why iron chips and pie? Looms <laughs> <laughs> all over the shop like? A collective socks are about to be rocked and then knocked off. Is that a Geordie <laughs> accent? I don't know, what it's close enough. That? Of all the accents I've heard, that's one of them. That's one of them. Uh, it's because I can't say my get into the accent phrase, it's too... Vulgar. Um, Poppy plays EO Sky at the ring to hit <clears throat> to, to her hit record, Scary Mask, recreating mm. that badass entrance we yes. saw the first night NXT went head to head with AEW, if memory serves. It's an entrance for the ages. And note from Ross here I've just punched a hole in the wall writing this part of the pitch. <laughs> Howie the lads. Come on. <laughs> 
This, of course, signifies the mysterious cool girl from NXT, NXT Io Sky has come back, and this mysterious heel we've seen on Raw over the last little while is no more. We see a match for the ages with no damage control involved whatsoever. Io is allowed to wrestle her match because, to Ross, it's a bit strange seeing a flippy wrestler be the heel to the all-conquering proper strong I-can-lift-a-building babyface champion. We're doing a turn, kids. Here we go. Io nails all of our big fancy moves on the way to becoming Raw Women's Champion, mainly because, well, Bianca is headed to SmackDown and Ross wants to avoid Bianca and Rhea swapping their titles like their toys in the playground. But also because NXT Io hasn't been seen on the main roster properly, and by God, it's time. Uh, to solidify the face turn, Pooh heads Bailey and Dakota get into the ring to celebrate with their stablemate, only to be turned down and nailed by shoot stereo hurricane runners by EO and Poppy. Ooh, Poppy! <laughs> so <laughs> that's that's Ross's second pitch. EO <laughs> Wow. EO turns face and aligns with Poppy who hits shoot hurricane runners on <laughs> uh, hurricane runners. No fake hurricane runners. On here. damage control. No fake ones. No that this is genuine, like a proper Frankenstein. <sighs> I assume this is when the meds kicked in that he's yeah. on. <laughs> I, I would assume so, yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. Thank you, Ross, for the next pitch mm. is all me. Uh, it's a yes for that one. Mm. Tell Ross that one. Uh, Ross, it's a yes, sir. Uh, any any excuse to use Poppy? Because I think she's great. <laughs> yeah. She's good fun. I apologize but, to everyone who had to listen to it. <laughs> it was gorgeous. Does Poppy join damage control from here, though? That's the no, question. joins EO because she's the, the hit shoot Hurricane Runners on damage control. Oh, oh wow. Oh, sorry, yes, of course so they did. EO and Poppy as a tag team. Oh, I wouldn't. Well, no. Manager, maybe Poppy sings her to the ring every night. Yeah, Poppy sings all of Eo's uh, promos for her. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, you improved the pitch. That's what you more. do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a yes from me because that entrance is a phenomenal entrance, and I think we need that. Yes. Hopefully, yep. at Backlash because that does make her feel like such a star, and I think that's the thing that that. Upset, it upsets me so much. Oh. It, upsets it, it upsets me that we haven't seen like EO Sky, yes. like EO Shirai on the main road properly. You know what I mean? Like with that presentation to make her feel like a proper star. Um, and it's a yes for me. However, I think there's a part in that pitch. I might be wrong. My yep. brain might have just switched off. Uh, com not completely, but um, Ross was like, uh, they don't want to do the switching of the titles, but the uh, damage control are also going to SmackDown though anyway, so it doesn't matter who wins that it. That is still, very true, yeah. They'd still have to switch it anyway. Um, but other than that, it's a delightful, delicious... Yes. <laughs> Meaty, Meaty girthy, throbbing, yes. Yes. Clackers. Clackers. Yeah. Clackers indeed. All right, so two yeses so far for Ross Fire Fraser. Andrew, pitch yeah, number two. Well, <laughs> if if Ross was going for, for Eosky for, for number two pitch, I think I'm going to go for my number two pitch, being that Eosky won the title written out laid before me on this piece of paper right here. <laughs> so it's an easy, it's an easy. I always like to do a simple pitch every now and then, but it's an easy, simple pitch as I set in motion the Eosky to win the Raw Women's title at Backlash summoning circle everybody hold hands everybody let's hold hands oh, we're summoning it together summon, yeah. get, get off me now <laughs> <laughs> we're on the cusp of Bianca being the longest reigning Raw Women's Champion but I've said does everyone need to be the longest reigning champion and I'm going to contradict myself here at this point as well right because I'm very much in the camp of enjoying the longer title reigns in WWE at the moment especially for the mid card titles as they do feel like a big deal again now and Bianca is unbelievably talented talented right don't get me wrong at all but for me personally i'd like to see a change in the scene for sure 
So Bianca has bested everyone so far. And I do believe that WWE are wanting to keep the belt on her so they can finally do the Charlotte Flair versus Bianca storyline. But that can happen somewhere else down the line. We know Flair is on a planned hiatus away from the company for an unknown period of time. Uh, so I think in the space between that, WWE could really just check things up by having Eosky have a great run with the title. Now... So I've laid out little plans. It, it's got backlash in there, but I've also gone further. Ooh. I've gone further. It's like a 3D render, everybody. I've gone further. <laughs> so I think at this point, a lot of us believe damage control will be done uh, sooner rather than later. And I can see Bailey's jealousy of you almost being uh, almost being the woman to dethrone Bianca, coming to a head at backlash and then costing her stablemate the title. But... What if we swerve it slightly, take a bit of a detour? Instead, we're shocked to see Bailey actually help Io pick up the win. This then leads to Bianca requesting a rematch for the title on the following episode of Raw, to which Bailey accepts on Io's behalf. Io's a bit like, oh, all right then, but I'll do it. You know, I'll do it. Once again, Io retains the title thanks to a stable mates, but this is where things begin to unravel over the coming weeks and months. So after a few defenses, the role model is continuously... Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Getting herself involved to help the genius of the sky retain the Raw Women's title, which I guess at this point would be the SmackDown Women's title. It would be something at yeah. least. Anyway, it would be a title. EO becomes increasingly frustrated with this, though. She wants to prove her worth, make her name on her own terms, show the fans and the locker room, and even Bailey why she is a worthy champion. She wants to do a stable leader proud. This irks Bailey, though, who slightly she slightly hints that the only reason EO is Raw Women's champion in the first place is obviously because of her. Uh, she was the one that changed places for the contenders match. She was the one who helped EO capture the belt in the first place at Backlash. She was wondering if maybe she could have a shot for the title after all of this help that she's given EO. A bit of friendly competition never hurt anybody in here. What better way to prove to Bailey that EO deserves to be champion more than beating her uh, main roster mentor? So EO agrees, of course. Bailey has done so much for her, and Sky also decisively beats the role model. And after going to hug her mentor in a friendly embrace following the match, that's where Bailey snaps and lays EO out in a fit of jealousy. She just can't do it. However, we've got Dakota looking on at ringside as well. She's shocked. She watches on as Bailey stands tall over Sky's lifeless body. She rolls into the ring and she's got a wry smile that plasters across her face. She knows where her allegiances lie. But wait a second. Whoa. I need to breathe. <laughs> a pump kick. <laughs> a pump kick takes out Bailey as well. Whoa. And Kai is the one that stands tall <gasps> over her two former stablemates. She raises Eos' title in the air. It's her time to shine now. And if we're not getting anything great out of damage control as a team together, 
This could be a way to rectify it in us having triple threat matches and whatnot. I've said Bailey grows jealous of Io. Io wants to be a valiant fighting champion and prove that she's as good as she is. And with Bailey's growing obsession of wanting to capture the goal once again, this leaves Kai feeling neglected within the group. So we get an explosion of talent that all leads to a triple threat match. Maybe it's mm. SummerSlam or something. And it's a lovely end for us all to sink us teeth and our eyes into. Mm. Uh, it's simple and uh, long-winded, but we got <laughs> No, it was, it was really good. It, I think it's a really good way to elevate both damage control and the belt after a very long Bianca title mm. reign. I think if you were to put it on EO Sky and then maybe, don't want to say hot potato it, but show all of damage control are hungry for this belt, yeah. maybe do a couple quick title reigns to switch them to show that they're all at the same level. Yeah, maybe. Really yeah. like the thought of going into a triple threat and having Dakota Kai push quite heavily. Mm. I'm all for a Dakota Kai push. Yeah. So that's why I get to yes. Oh, baby. Two yeses. Thank you. But it does refresh things a little bit to have some more, you know, it's funny because like, you know, I've been through an era where like, titles change hands left, right, and center. And, I'm, and I was like, I just want a longer title reign. Yeah. And now we've got these longer title reigns. I'm like, I could do with some snappy like ones a little now. Bit, yeah. Snappy yeah. going yeah. the other way now. Like, Especially yeah. to, I think, just refresh the women's division a little bit. I know we've got the draft now and there's other people that can challenge Bianca for, for a championship, but like, it's Eos time. I want mm. it to be Eos time, please. Especially if they do end up doing the, the physical title switch. Mm. And that would end Bianca's long reign. So you'd, I'd yeah. rather they just end it with a title, a, a change hands the title. Yeah. And then have Eo's reign start with switching mm. the belts. I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah. I know what you and mean. And then do a swap with the belts. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I like it. Uh, it's, cool. it's funny because both of you have mentioned like the, the situation with like the, the, the titles and which one goes where. My second pitch resolves that. Oh, Ooh. hello. Uh, it's a rare, serious one from Tom. <laughs> Rubbish. Uh, on the pre-show for Backlash, uh, Triple H uh, makes an appearance, a rare one, in front of the Puerto Rico crowd, uh, and in invites Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair to join him and a lovely table that he's got set up. Um, they're asked to hand over their Raw and SmackDown Women's Championships at this point. So Bianca Belair lovingly looks at the Raw belt and hands it, uh, reaches out to hand it, and then... Um, the SmackDown Women's Championship, look at that. About to hand that over. Yeah. But in a break of tradition, Triple H goes, you're not going to give your belt to her and you're not going to give your belt to her. That isn't Ooh. how we're doing things. You're handing me both of those titles. And now I'm the Women's Champion. Yes! Yes! Triple H has a 10-year reign as Women's Champion. Yes. Yes. Triple H takes both of those titles and says, because uh, it makes no sense for this draft to end such a dominant reign like yours, Bianca Belair, nor does it mean to put a, a quick full stop on a beginning of a dominant reign like yours, Rhea Ripley. So here is what we do. Uh, Rhea Ripley, you, but Bianca Belair, you take away this. And there is a replica of the new World Heavyweight Championship with a white strap. Yes. You are now the WWE Women's World Champion. Oh, maybe. Nice. nice. And you continue the reign as Raw Women's Champion. And as for you, Rhea Ripley. And now the issue here is that the Universal title looks exactly the same yep. currently. So I'm... So there's the same belt again. <laughs> but with a different... Slightly different color scheme. But now you are recognized as the WWE Women's Universal Women's Champion. Yes. Universal Women's Champion. Which, which works Women's better? Universal Champion. Women, yeah. You're now recognized as the WWE Women's Universal Champion uh, in line with 
with Roman yep. Reigns as the Universal Champion on SmackDown. So and they go on to retain their, both their titles that night and their new legacy begins. Uh, the obvious advantage of this is should you do brand shenanigans once again, you haven't got to worry about the, the belts not matching the brand because, mm, yeah. you know, Belair on SmackDown, you know, Belair could could easily move back to... Actually, I've got that the wrong way around. Just I've just realised <laughs> Belair should have had the Universal one. Right, okay. Yes. Ripley yeah, yeah, yeah. should have the World one. Because of yeah. the same brand as yeah. the main title. So before you delete the comment that you just wrote, <laughs> that's what I meant. So Ripley gets the um, Ripley gets the World one. Yep. Mm -hmm. And Belair gets the Universal one. Yes. So yes. now they're in line with the respective brands for now. But as I say, should another brand split occur, then they swap brands and it doesn't necessarily can damage. They can go mm. wherever. You know, they're not they're not spe specifically called the Raw or SmackDown Women's mm -hmm. Champions. They're the World and the Universal Women's yeah. Champions. That's the pitch. Simple, Makes sense. short, tight, bright. You kill. You covered everything there that mm. I would have been like, oh yeah, and it could do this, this, and this. So like, it's a yes from me because it. I think it makes a lot of sense, especially especially now with with titles switching places and whatever obviously you don't get that issue with like the united states the intercontinental no, championship they just yeah. float over and yeah they're, they're good and it makes and it, i think it makes sense for for that to happen with the world championships as well rather than mm. having them like you know d designated to one specific brand when you know you're gonna draft those people over anyway it makes yeah it, it makes it a little bit weird and now obviously with bianca belair's Rain uh, with the Raw Women's Championship, she's nearly surpassing Becky Lynch. Uh, it makes more sense that, than to be like, you're not gonna do it now because yeah. you're yeah, SmackDown yeah. Women's Champion. Like it, it makes more sense to, yeah. to rebrand it for sure. Have that Rain continue uh, under a new. Yeah, way. and it might make the belts feel more prestigious having yes. them not branded, designated per roster. I mean, like, that's Raw, that's SmackDown. Whereas the men's aren't like that. That should just be uniform where it is. You're a World Champ, you're a Universal Champ, whatever you want to have the branding of it, mm. but. It will make them feel more prestigious. And I really want to see that new World Heavyweight title in white. That yeah, would be gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. Nice with really, a white really strap. Cool. There is that. So it is another yes from me. We're on a roll today. Oh, lots, lots of yeses. Lovely. Lots of yeses. Six yeses. Round three of nine pitches. We go back to Fraser, but this time this not time, via Ross. No, so when Ross sent me his pitches for today, he left out a third blank space for me to fill in with my own pitch. But what? I've had a little, uh, I've had a busier morning. So I instead got my good friend AI to write it. <laughs> oh, here we go. Ow. <laughs> We've got another AI bitch. Come here we on. go. Right. So the match between Bad Bunny and Damian Priest was about to start, but something was off. As Bad Bunny stepped into the ring, he realized that he'd forgotten his wrestling boots. He looked down at his feet only to see that he was wearing fuzzy bunny slippers instead. Damian Priest couldn't help but laugh at the sight, but he knew that he couldn't underestimate his opponent. As the match began, Bad Bunny hopped around the ring trying to land a hit on Damian Priest. But Damian was too quick, dodging every attempt with ease. Bad Bunny was starting to get frustrated, and that's when he decided to unleash his secret weapon. He reached into his pocket and pulled out a carrot, holding it up to Damien Priest as a distraction. However, this backfired, as it caused a swarm of real bunnies to hop onto the stage and charge to the ring. Are you sure this isn't a Ross pitch? It does, it does <laughs> like a Ross pitch. It, it could well be. He may be the AI. Yeah. 
As the audience watched in confusion, Bad Bunny and Damien Priest tried their best to incorporate the bunnies into their match. <laughs> Bad Bunny attempted to befriend them while Damien Priest tried to shoo them away. But as they were distracted, the bunnies started to multiply and multiply until they were all over the ring. The audience was on the edge of their seat as the match reached its climax, but just as Damien Priest was about to secure his victory, the bunnies in the audience began to riot, causing chaos and confusion throughout the arena. In the end, the match was called off due to a bunny uprising. As Bad Bunny and Priest tried to leave the arena, they were pelted with carrots and lettuce from the bunnies in the audience and were buried under a sea of rabbits. So, later in the night, Cody Rhodes was set to face off against Brock Lesnar. But as Cody Rhodes stepped into the ring, the audience noticed something strange. Brock Lesnar was wearing a bear suit. Mm -hmm. The bear suit was so convincing that the audience wasn't sure whether it was actually Brock Lesnar inside or that a real bear had entered the arena somehow. As the match began, the bear suit clad Brock Lesnar charged at Cody Rhodes, who quickly realized that he was in for a wild ride. But just as the bear suit clad Brock Lesnar was about to land a devastating blow, the bunnies from the Bad Bunny versus Damian Priest match suddenly burst into the ring, causing chaos and confusion all around. The crowd gasped in surprise as the bunnies began to swarm around Brock Lesnar and Cody Rhodes, and the bunnies were relentless as they began to bite and scratch at the wrestlers, causing them to yelp in pain. But suddenly... <gasps> Suddenly, the ring was filled with the sound of a familiar tune. Here comes the money. Shane McMahon oh, no. had decided to get in on the action. He stepped into the ring, wielding a carrot like a weapon, and quickly tore his quad trying to evade the bunnies, and was overwhelmed and was never seen again. In the end, the referee was so confused that he had no choice but to declare the match a draw. Bad Bunny and Damien Priest emerged from their bunny-ridden grave, and they found themselves face-to-face -face with a bearsuit-clad Brock Lesnar and Corey Rhodes, who were both equally bewildered. The four wrestlers looked at each other, then at the bunnies, and then at bearsuit-clad Brock Lesnar before bursting out laughing. The audience joined in, and soon the whole arena was filled with laughter as the wrestlers tried to figure out what had just happened. Now, it may not have been the match everyone was expecting, but it was certainly a memorable one. So that was what the AI wrote for when I typed in the command was, write a pitch for how, how Bad Bunny versus Damien Priest will affect Brock Lesnar versus Cody Rhodes. What? That's, and that's what it came up with? That's what it came up with. The Shane McMahon one was admittedly from a second one, so I did it three times to see oh, if it gave me different okay. ones. But the Shane McMahon one was actually, he got involved, and then the bunny ripped him limb for limb. <laughs> Like it was Monty Python with big pointy teeth. <laughs> so I was like, I'll take out the lip, ripping them. Oh no, I, I feel like that should have been kept Put it in. back in. And I, yes. I did put different, so it was like, write a silly pitch, write a funny pitch, yeah. write a realistic pitch. And the realistic pitch was him getting ripped. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So yeah, it's, oh. again, it is what I want to happen. Yeah. <laughs> For me, it's everyone just having a good laugh. I in the don't think of the it ring. will happen. Well, I mean, you know, there's surprises. The premium live event in Puerto Rico. Why? Why not? The bunnies are just over overloading everyone. And yeah, they... yeah. <laughs> Didn't side with Bad Bunny. I thought it would. Yeah. Well, well that's the swerve. <laughs> that's the swerve. That's, the... that's why it's a yes from me, yeah. Fraser. Because my goodness gracious me, I've been swerved a You've few times in this pictures video. Yeah. Did Cody have brown hair? Uh, no, it was like uh, to know them. carrot. Colored orange. Uh, oh wow! Wow! If you had brown, wow. If oh, it's it... like the brown is starting to wash out, and his oh. like blonde yeah. is starting to come through again. Yeah, yeah. like Mr. Pachitti. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. <laughs> if it was brown, it, it'd be a definite yes. Definite I'll, yes, I'll, 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 I'll let it slide, and I'll give you a yes. As well. <laughs> I'll Thank give you. The bunnies yes. won't attack you today. That was good. I liked your work. Uh, final pitch from you, Andrew. <gasps> I just feel like I can't live up to these pitches anymore because <laughs> oh, they're all so goddamn good. Yours are splendid. Oh, they're great. Okay. 
Well, this is a this is a final one. Unfortunately, it's uh, I guess it's it's serious. But where's the rest of it? There it is. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Can't yeah. be serious. I, uh, you can't be thought. I am serious. I'm Don't call me Shirley. Shirley. <laughs> Are we ready? So, we are moving towards the six-man tag team match between the Bloodline and Zayn, Owens, and Matt Riddle. So, throughout SmackDown last week, there was one phrase Paul Heyman kept uttering to Solo Sokoa, tonight is the night, as the wise man handed Solo a roll of tape to prep the deadly Samoan spike on the end of his hand, his fingers, thumbs. his little thumbs. What was even more intriguing, however, was how Paul Heyman did this within the presence of the Usos, quite clearly insinuating that perhaps their time on the island of relevancy is soon to come to an end, as we've been saying for the last year or so at this point. It's been a lot. We've been saying it for a yes. long time. Anyway, before the match, we caps a glimpse of Solo and Heyman backstage with the wise man chatting on his red telephone. Enter Jimmy and Jay, who interrupt Paul and let him know that they've discussed some things together since they're having trouble reaching Roman, and for that matter, even Solo and Paul too. But anyway, look, they know they've got to do whatever it takes to curry favor with the tribal chief once again, and that's what they'll do by any means necessary to prove their worth and place on the island of relevancy and clear the stains they've left amongst its legacy. So it's time to start fresh. A clean slate beginning tonight. It's time to usher in a new dominant era for the bloodline. As the Usos leave the room, however, all we see is Heyman raise the phone back to his ear before sim before simply saying, of course, me tribal chief, aye. <laughs> aye all right, sound. As the segment comes <laughs> to an end. Yeah, right, me tribal chief. Sound, Paul Heyman part of the northern noise. Yeah. <laughs> it's me tribal chief, Owen Morrison. <laughs> <laughs> we get to the six-man tag team match itself, and it's as good as we all imagine it's going to be. The Usos especially, oh, sorry, the Usos, especially Jay, seem very focused on the task at hand, not allowing Sammy to get in his head and skew his mind in regards to Roman Reigns. In fact, perhaps the Usos are almost too focused on the task at hand, as when it looks like Solo is on the cusp of winning following a spinning Solo to Sami Zayn, he gears up for a Samoan spike before Jay reaches out and tags himself into the match. He wants to deliver the final blow with Jimmy to end this problem for good, to appease the tribal chief. Solo, confused and angry about this rash, rash, rash decision, mm -hmm. words, tongues, when, uh, when he has this match won, gets into a shouting match with Jay, which then allows Riddle to pull Solo under the ropes and attack the enforcer. Jimmy and Jay seize the moment, however, they quickly ascend the turnbuckles to hit the double diving splash on a laid out Sami Zayn. This, however, then leads to Riddle. He quickly hops up on the apron, though. He takes Jimmy off the top turnbuckle, whilst Kevin does the same same with Jay. However, he holds him long enough for a day Sami Zayn to gather his bearings and hit a halluva kick on his former surrogate brother for the one, two, three. The baby faces pick up the victory in this one. And as they walk to the back, they leave a defeated bloodline in the middle of the ring. Swallow and breathe. The look on Jay's face says it all. He knows what this could imply for he and Jimmy now. He knows the mistakes he's made. And with a seething solo towering over them, Jay can do nothing other than apologize to his brothers and await his inevitable judgment from the head of the table in due time. But as he goes to leave the ring, the tribal chief's theme bellows throughout the arena. He's here in Puerto Rico, everybody. Roman 
didn't want to wait to address this. He thought it was important to air everything out right here, right now. There was a reason why Roman never contacted the Usos directly after their loss at WrestleMania. You see, the Bloodline's problems always seem to stem from one source, Jay Uso. Jay wanted to step up, go his own way, clear this Sami Zayn problem up, and Roman gave him that opportunity with no interruptions. But time after time, the outcome was the same. Roman calls for Solo and Solo alone to clear up any problems and still... What happens? Jay gets himself involved and continues to let the problems persist. So you truly want to clear our problems, Jay? You want to wipe the slate of the bloodline clean and start fresh? Begin a new era? Let's wipe that slate clean then, shall we? Solo! Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know why I said it like that. Solo! Sikoa's <laughs> thumb raises in the air. And he's some Moen spikes. Jimmy, you so. Jay can't believe it. He rushes to his brother's aid, much like Jimmy did for him inside Hell in a Cell in 2020. Oh, nice callback. You want to start ridding the bloodline of its problems, Roman tells Jay? I'm getting rid of the two biggest problems right now, being Jimmy and Jay and the <laughs> Usos. And he's going to make Jay, he's going to punish Jay Uso by hurting his brother, by making him pay oh. for all the mistakes he's made. They've been ousted. They're gone. The bloodline is now... Roman Reigns and Solo Sokoa and Paul Heyman. Yes, my wow. tribal chief. My tribal chief. My, my tribal chief. chief. <laughs> <laughs> I love that because it, it is getting a little bit stale, the, the Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens and the, the Usos mm. thing. So like transferring it back into bloodline internal struggles. And it kind of nicely sets up, in my mind anyway, Jey Uso versus Roman Reigns at Night of Champions. Maybe not oh, in a title match because Reigns is like, I shouldn't up. have to defend my belt against, mm. you know, you. So... Just have him. I'm gonna beat. I'm gonna beat you, silly. Oh, maybe. Oh, that's a good idea. And it, it'd be a, a, have a match where it's a, a callback. Maybe Roman and Solo versus the Usos there. But I, mm. as for the actual pitch, perfection mm. of storytelling. Thank you. Thank having you. Solo be the the guy that take down his brothers. Yeah, and oh. then and 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 like take out Jimmy. So then Jay has to actually suffer for his actions yeah. that he's done. Yeah. So Jimmy is the one that gets the punishment yeah. for Jay's. Uh, trespasses. Yes. I like it. It's a yes. Oh, thank yes. you. Yes, Wonderfully me. done. I think, yeah, I think the bloodline is definitely due a splintering. Yeah. And, uh, and this is <laughs> We've how said we do. that for so long. Uh, it's been about a year point. now. Yeah, 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 it's been a long time, but it does feel like it, it is finally all coming to a head. We also said that about a year ago, and too. We'll see it, we'll see it <laughs> in we'll a year's see. time. We as will well. see it in a year's time, uh, for sure. But thank you, boys. Thank you. Thank you. Right, my third and final pitch it is uh, to do with what looks like it's going to be the main event of the evening, which is Damien Priest versus Bad Bunny. So you uh, nobody's involved, oh, oh, no carries what? involved either. Uh, the Judgment Day uh, enter, they stalk the ring with Damien Priest in the center and they wait for Bad Bunny. All of them standing in the ring at this point, looking down the ramp and here comes Bad Bunny. His music hits and he steps into the ring, stares up to Damien Priest and he says, hey, you didn't think I was coming alone, did you? We're in Puerto Rico! Hey! Big and we haven't leaned into the Puerto Rico-ness of this show enough. So that's what this is about. Okay. We're in Puerto Rico. And since I'm back home, I made a phone call. Oh. <laughs> I spit in the face <gasps> of people who don't want to be cool. Oh. oh. Here comes Carlito. And he's got Primo and Epico Cologne with him. Oh, what? my God. 
on. They've even got Carlos Colon with them, and they've yes. all got bats. <laughs> like actual bats, like no, no, fluffy bats. No, they've, <laughs> they've all got baseball bats. They, here we go. Bad Bunny's got some legendary backup. Oh, man, that's cool. In the flipping Colon family, led out by Carlito. Bad Bunny and the Colons, they're in the ring. They're squaring up to the Judgment Day, and Damien Priest grabs the mic. I knew you'd pull something like this. But I'm also from Puerto Rico! And I made a phone call as well. To which, from the crowd, via 1997, (laughs) here comes Miguel Perez, Jose Estrada Jr., Jesus Castillo, and Savio Vega. Los Mariquas! Oh my god. (laughs) Los Mariquas head towards the ring. Oh, well, crowd are going wild. They are in awe as these four from the Gang Wars days of the World Wrestling Federation climb over the barricade and they stand with the Judgment Day. What a call. So we've got the Judgment Day and the Bariquas, Bad Bunny and the Colognes. It's not looking good, but Bad Bunny and the Colognes, they're ready to fight. And then Bunny says, I knew you'd pull something like that. (laughs) We're in Puerto Rico. So I made another phone call. To which over the PA we hear, oh, fasten your seatbelts for this, Escobar. It's It's only 2009 Smackdown star Eric Escobar. Oh my God. I love Eric Escobar. Alongside legend and former WWC tag title partner, Rico Suave. Yes, Yes. Mr. Hardcore writes again. (laughs) They're armed with steel chairs. They hop the guardrail and now they are standing, like keeping keeping Los Bariquas at bay with weaponry. The the numbers are are still slightly tilted in Judgment Day's way, but it's okay. But like the the, the crowd are loving this. So we're going to get like a big old brawl here. That is... Until Damien Priest says, I knew you'd pull something like that. <laughs> but we're in Puerto Rico. Yay! So I've made another phone call. It's quite a high phone bill, that. Oh, <laughs> no, you see nothing yet. And from every staircase, <laughs> from every staircase in Colosseo de Puerto Rico comes, they come, filling the aisles, <laughs> surrounding the rings. Conquistadors! Oh! Not just Conquistador Uno and Dos, the originals, but hundreds in the Conquistador entire, golfing, engulfing the the barricades, the ringside area. There is no room to breathe for Conquistadors, Bariquas, (laughs) Colognes, Judgment Day and Bunny. And Eric Escobar. And Eric Escobar's (laughs) there. And Rico Suave. What you, so it's so all of a sudden bad bunnies are where like the, the odds are against us now. I hadn't thought of this. Oh wait a minute, I knew <laughs> you'd pull something like that. We're in Puerto Rico! Yay! So I made another phone call! From the stage steps Chicky Star with his custom baseball bat. He leads out the roster of the World Wrestling Council. Puerto Rico's number one wrestling promotion outside of IWA Puerto Rico. That's right, they're all here. Intelectos Cinco Estrellas, the universal champion. El Informante, the television champion. El Gran Amada, Los Immortales, even Issa. 
NYC Demon Diva, she's there as well. And she's got a big old baseball bat too. And suddenly, Chicky points down the ramp and the roster of World Wrestling Council charge down the ramp towards the conquistadors. Just carnage. The fight's wow. underway. No more phone calls have been made as far as we know. <laughs> And everyone brawls. The crowd are loving it. It just looks like a riot. And then the dust and the and the everyone fights in different parts of the venue. There's there's gore. There's blood. There's ripping of masks. There's gnashing of teeth. And then suddenly Damien Priest finds himself in the center of the ring on his own. Oh, it's Bad Bunny. Where is he? From the top of the building, <laughs> swinging on a backlash hook. Yeah. Here comes Bad Bunny. <laughs> flies in crossbody onto Damien Priest one two three Puerto Rico have had a lovely night <laughs> and Bad Bunny stands tall and everyone gets in the ring and has a big old party you and, had then, and then don't know, the, the chupacabra turns up or something. <laughs> oh, brilliant. and eats them you, all you had me at Escobar that, that hooked me <laughs> the big pop that, that Escobar bloody well hooked yeah, that hooked me yes oh, yeah. that was um that was wild. It was um, a lot in there. Like, inspired. If that I think does, we lean into the Puerto Ricanness. Oh, it does yeah. happen. <laughs> it is like a pure. A a, a, I think it. Haven't they labelled it as like a Puerto Rico street fight as well, or something they like have, that? At yeah. least, yeah. yeah. So, so I mean, why not? Let's make it like uh, Anchorman and just have yeah. all these factions. <laughs> Essentially, if you like the last scene of Anchorman, you'll like the pitch. You'll love it. I, th I think it's a yes from me. Yes. It's a yes from me. If we get, if yeah. Uh, no, I, I just—we don't even need to get anything else. It's perfect. <laughs> it's, it's, there's nothing else that we could possibly no. get in Puerto there's Rico. There's no changes or anything. <laughs> Gorgeous. Just a lot going Gorgeous. on. Gorgeous. And a lot of nice callbacks. We're in Puerto Rico. Hey. That's hey. it. Pops all around. <laughs> so those are our pitches. It's a bunch of yeses from us yeah, three. Yes, of course, course, of course. Which is delighting to see. What do you reckon should happen? Or what would you like to happen? Or whatever. In the uh, backlash on Saturday. Let us know in the comments down there. And join us for predictions, live reactions, what happened at, and the WTF moments for Backlash 2023. Live from Puerto Rico! Yay! This weekend. Anything else we want to plug, team? Not for me. No, no, no. What about you? Uh, it's been a backlash. Worst shows ever is on the channel ah. now where we look at Backlash 2018. That's a pretty crap show. Hopefully, with these pitches, it's going to be a good show this weekend. But go watch that in the meantime to occupy yourself. That's all I've got to plug. And for the latest wrestling news on the road to Backlash, check out cultaholic.com. Stay safe. Puerto Rico! Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely their fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Try the Superlight Tree Runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Superlight shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. <laughs>